My name is Lola Rapuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. Hello, and welcome to a uh, special edition of Media Delta. Um, this episode, uh, usually we cover, you know, stuff that is at least has a little bit of a connection to video games, either stuff that um, is either based on things we've played or, you know, is like a TV show or movie that is based on a game or like one that had a game based on it. Um, so for quarter two of the Retro Rank Relief Drive, uh, we had a goal that was if we hit $150 that we would do an episode based on a, let's call it unique movie. Uh, and the one that was that one, the one that we are doing an episode on now, uh, is the 2019 movie Uncut Gems uh, that was directed by the Safdie brothers and notably stars Adam Sandler. Um, this is was a very highly critically acclaimed movie. Uh, I think I saw in Metacritic it was like, I think it had one middling review in like near universal critical praise. Um, and has been described by the reason that we're taking a look at this specific movie um, is that everyone that I've heard describe this movie uh, has described it as a two hour long anxiety attack. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to, as a charity incentive, to watch this movie. And that's what we did. Um, so... I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, basically, uh, to give a very brief overview of what this movie is, uh, Adam Sandler is basically a uh, he is a jeweler, uh, particularly for very wealthy uh, clients uh, named Howard Rat or Howard Ratner, uh, and he makes a series of very bad choices. And that is a very brief overview of the movie. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but obviously things happen along the way. Um, so I was not the only one who watched this. So please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm X. I'm here for a series of avoidable circumstances and events. I am, of course, Deathmaster 780. That's it. Oh. <laughs> I'm Torpid Typus, and I'm here to watch a man fucking slowly, slowly set up his own demise. Yes. Um, so this one was an interesting watch. Um, uh, namely because I feel like right out of the gate, one thing that we say was like, obviously the description of this movie, like every, like, you just hear it as like, oh, this thing is a like two hour long, like set of like just feeling incredibly uncomfortable. And one thing that I feel like we all could agree on is that is an accurate statement. It is a movie that the second it starts, you know exactly how it's going to fucking end. Uh-huh. I even um, actually uh, managed to uh, accidentally call the ending uh, in a fit of rage. Yeah, yeah so... I'm so we're going to do things a little bit differently this time because this is an interesting scenario in multiple different ways. Uh, one, this is a relatively recent movie. So one thing I'm going to 
give a or I'm going to set a thing real quick uh, is that I kind of want to do this in two phases, one in which we just talk about the movie in general and then a second part where we talk about spoilers, because this is a pretty recent movie and I feel like spoiling some of it kind of ruins some of the thing of just watching this like blind. So I'm going to say at some point, but not until we'll kind of at least have a general discussion that we just kind of avoid spoilers. But then after a certain point, all bets are, are like all bets are off. Um, also, a thing that uh, from we have not had in-depth discussion about it, uh, but one thing that I have noticed is that uh, we seem to we have had divisive opinions about movies before. I feel like this is probably one of the most most divisive we have been in our early discussions on this movie. So I'm actually going to do something a little bit different. Uh, normally, I don't ask for numbers until the very end when we're actually putting it on the board. However, I'd like to do an exercise now, and that is um, you're all like familiar with the rankings. So um, what I would like from all of you just to kind of because I'm curious before we have any like in-depth discussion, uh, could all three of you um, DM me what your I knew number this would is where be. you were going. It is oh, beautiful. God. Let me let me look at the list again. I need to make sure of the list because that is. Uh, let's see. Let's see. You can't be surprised by mine. No, yours is nope. yours is pretty that's much. That's what the accent. Yep, uh, that's that's why I'm doing this. You know what? I think I think I know where I'll put it because it. Uh, it's it's a level of another movie on the list that I I, I think you can see. Why I have I mine written one. down. Let's I think see. you can see why I put mine. Um, yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's where I thought. Okay. Um, good to know for when we eventually rank this. Um, yeah. So one thing that we're also going to do is because um, I feel like we should. I don't even know if I should really do a preamble or not. I think we should just kind of get into the discussion. Uh, and we are. I'm going to do this slightly different. Because I know this was brought up last time that we did an episode that I and also I feel is a good way of doing this. Um, we're not going to go alphabet. Well, we're going to kind of go alphabetical. We're going to go in reverse alphabetical this time. But then oh, again, man. there's really only three of us. So I feel fucking special. So, Find yeah, it's to go first. Yeah. So, Torpo, you get to go first this time. What are your thoughts on Uncut Gems? Thankfully, I'm going first because I'm less angry about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I understand the distaste among other people in the group because this boils down heavily to taste. Because this is a movie about a bad man doing bad things repeatedly, fucking himself over constantly, right to the very end. This is a movie where you know exactly how it's going to end the second it fucking starts. In no uncertain terms. And yeah, uh, that is the case, but it, it's like, you know that he's going to do something stupid and get himself in trouble. You just don't know how. And that's Enjoy just like... Fucking howdy does he. This is a man who is an expert at digging fucking holes. Because literally everything that goes wrong in this man's life, uh, Mr. Mr. Rat, uh... Everything that goes wrong in his life is directly his own fault. 
throughout the entire movie, everything that goes wrong is his own fault and nobody else's. There are many points where he could have just pulled out and lived a fine life, but his own vices got the better of him. His greed, his jealousy, his hate, all of them. Um, and it never stops. I do want to point out that it's something that I think we all kind of pointed out when this movie starts. This movie starts out uh, with a scene of... Um, I don't mind spoiling this because it's also something that you might want to know if you, this is something that would bother you. Uh, it starts out in an uh, Ethiopian... Um, uh, basically an opal mine uh, starts out with a really bad accident where someone just gets like just like is just maimed. Yeah. Uh, and during the case, there are some people go in and basically I don't know what the term technically for it is, but basically smuggling uh, a gem out of this mine. Uh, and then you go and see through the the thing. Uh, and then you see Adam Sandler's character get a colonoscopy. Um, and that is the most sedate part of this movie, which is, uh, saying something. No, it's, it's really good that it opens up. So first off, Adam Sandler is perfect for this role. Apparently he's actually really good at playing fucking sleaze. Um, I, it's actually kind of funny cause I was actually looking into it. Do you, uh, in the more you kind of realize about Adam Sandler himself, you kind of realize that this is basically a perfect role for him um because one thing that i do want to point out uh just to make sure that we uh get out there because the safety brothers are a relatively new pair of uh, directors uh they have had some stuff beforehand uh they have done i think their other big hit was uh a movie called good time uh that came out in 2017 uh it started robert pattinson that apparently um so they are both from new york and they're both jewish um, which is why Judaism plays such a heavy part in uh, this movie. Also, they're apparently big basketball fans, which is why basketball plays a huge part in this movie, too. <laughs> um, but if you kind of remember that M. Sandler, like, one of his things is that I believe he grew up in New York and he is actually Jewish. Yeah. Um, which, if, you've, if you are familiar with, like, early 90s Sandler, that is not something that is also, yeah, he, like, he, a... Crazy nights. It's not a crazy nights. He had entire fucking comedy bits about yes. it. Like, yeah. it was. It's it's no secret. Yeah. The man was very openly. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, um, and this movie is actually based off of the Safdie brothers. Uh, their dad, I believe, was a jeweler, uh, in the same place that uh, like this movie takes place in. Huh. But yeah. So the the movie obviously starts with. The colonoscopy, the maiming, well, the maiming, then the colonoscopy. And Lolo is right, but it also sets a tone for the movie, which is this is the man who is incredibly high strung and will never stop being high strung because the entire point he went there is because he was worried about polyps in his colon. And somehow that is the least, that is the least, like, that's the most low key part of the fucking movie. Because this man is incredibly stressed out at all times between his job, his debt, oh boy, his debt, uh, and his family that is falling apart. Just no no aspect of this man's life is going right, and it is, from the get-go, all his fault. The man cannot stop his own vices. He cannot stop gambling. He cannot stop cheating on his wife. And he just 
cannot stop this fucking debt he has because he cannot keep any money because he's gambling it all away. And it just doesn't fucking stop. Uh, and so right away in the movie, uh, he is getting harassed by uh, the loan shark's goon. Not even the loan shark, but the, the person he owes the money to, his goons, in his own fucking store and being mistreated. And it starts right away with constant yelling, which is a thing that never stops in the movie. Everybody is always fucking yelling, always swearing, and it never fucking stops. It's it's beautiful. It is. Uh, we we looked it up, and it is the fourth highest number of, of uh, fucks in a script of any movie, just behind Wolf of Wall Street, which was like what was it? An hour shorter? Not even. It's like, a, it's an hour longer. So an hour rate, longer. Yeah, that was it a, is. It is the highest rate. Uh, that is not a movie that is intentional, like a documentary that is yeah, the, the, intentionally provocative. Yeah, one and two were deliberately meant to be saying the word fuck a lot, but like Wolf of Wall Street, which is a solid hour longer than this, technically has more, but this had a higher rate because everybody is fucking talking at all times. And I know for some people that could be like a bit of sensory overload at that. But uh, yeah, it, it's so he just immediately gets disrespected for the money he owes them. They fucking hit him in his office, he throws a fit, and it just kind of really sets the tone for how the rest of the movie goes, which is him juggling all of these things in his life, him trying to make money from his business, him in any fucking way he can, anyway, to pay back these debtors, but then he instead siphons all that money to his gambling, basically he thinks he can make more money, and make it even bigger, and it's just over and over this cycle that leads to, well, the end. Also, there's his cheating on his wife and his family falling apart because of it. But, you know, that's that's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and that you see within, like, the first ten minutes, too. Yeah. No, no. It, it establishes that everything in this man's life is falling apart, and all of it is because of him. Yep. Um, it's kind of what I would say about the movie before hitting, like, any sort of spoilers. is just this man's life is miserable. He's miserable. And it's all his own fault. Um, all right. Uh, DM, what did you think? Plus, say first they had so many fucks to give. Oh dear lord, did they? Yes. Yeah, I loved this. This was quite entertaining. This isn't the kind of movie that like bothers me. So like, you guys were like cringing at this. I was just sitting there the whole time going, "Hmm." Oh, I enjoyed it. I I actually enjoyed oh, yeah. this movie quite a bit. But this like, I can understand why of... people wouldn't. This isn't the kind of movie that makes me cringe. No, and I watch a lot of stuff with awful protagonists, so none of this is like bothering me. But I quite liked it, and it's uh funny just because like it's Adam Sandler playing an Adam Sandler character in a drama instead of a comedy. Basically, it's not like it's that far off from what he usually does. This kind of it kind of is just like one a character that you could see like being played for laughs in like a like early like mid 90s sandler movie but no it is definitely not played for laughs in this movie yes, it's like robin williams doing a dramatic role just playing himself but it's not supposed to be funny i will say i i also yeah it's it's basically you know from the get-go it's a movie about a terrible person and it's either you're in you're in for that or you're just not gonna like it <laughs> Because terrible person, and you find out awful. just how terrible he is the longer it goes on. 
yeah, the movie is an intense downward spiral and you have to be on board for that or you're just gonna fucking hate it because there's no choice about it he's an awful person and he is the protagonist and there's not much to be done about it Dewey Hirsch is not a lot of likable characters in this anyway. No, everyone. I don't think they're terrible. I think like the only likable character in this movie were like maybe the kids because no, they didn't have a whole lot. Shits. No, they the youngest of... one wasn't. He didn't get the youngest line, one was so... okay. And actually, I can get behind the daughter hating the dad because boy, how did she get? Yeah. He gave her a lot of reasons, but like the the older son was fucking terrible. Kevin Garnett was fine. Yeah, I, playing himself. I'll disagree. Yeah, but we'll, that'll that I think will be later on. They had uh, Kevin Garnett playing himself back when he was still playing because this movie is we didn't mention piece in 2012. Yep. So that, damn, they also had the weekend playing himself. Yeah, that that was fun. That was that was great. <laughs> that was a whole bit, but yeah, no, it like for me it was a case of just like how much does this man fuck himself and like what is his fucking retribution for it that's what this movie was for me i guess that's it for I... me all right x what did you think about uncut gems uh, okay well... as i look at the scores that i have written down <laughs> um honestly i hated this movie i hated it from start to finish part of it is kind of my own fault because I didn't read anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew is the name and just it was like a crime thriller genre thing. So my dumb ass went into it thinking maybe it's going to be like Heat. I'd like to see Adam Sandler do something like Heat. Maybe he can actually do something good because I'm not a Sandler fan. Um and I don't I don't um I don't agree with the uh the uh comparison of Sandler going from comedy to drama and Robin Williams going from comedy to drama because Sandler is always Sandler. He can't turn it off. He he acts and sounds like he does in his comedy films. Whereas I felt Robin Williams was able to sink into different roles and instead of being that wacky, crazy, goofy guy could sit down and do a very solid scene. Best no, example I, is Insomnia. Yeah, no, I actually agree on that one. Yeah, like, that is, uh, yes. Like fucking Robin Williams had range. Yeah, no, he had range. Sandler has no range. He, he uh, like Dane Cook has more range than him. Um, but coming back to to the movie itself, um, it was nothing but an assault on my senses, particularly audio, um, because there aren't conversations in this movie. There are crosstalks in this movie. Shouting and matches. Just like a like a basic conversation at, at the volume I'm at right now. So I'm talking now. Somebody else is talking over me, and they just talk back and forth over each other. Uh, but now there's a guy in the background who just said something, so we're going to uh, acknowledge him and then go back to this conversation. It, it's so agonizing. Um, to be I fair, actually, I actually oh, really quick, I do feel like that lended a bit to Sandler's character, though, that he was basically always talking past people and well, just it wasn't... ignoring anything they were saying. Yeah, it wasn't just Sandler talking past people. He would start yeah. try to start a conversation, and then somebody would talk over him, and then they'd just start talking over each other the whole time. It, no, no, I'm saying, I, I agree with you, but I'm saying I, I feel like at least in Sandler's case, it lent to the character, if nothing else. That that is true. It it did also. I will say that the fact that it is everyone talking over each other just lends a 
from a mechanical like directorial thing i feel like really it is something that i from a technical standpoint like about the movie actually the fact that no like no one can have a conversation like in a way that like makes sense i guess you could say it nobody's listening to anyone that that's kind of the thing is nobody listens to anyone at any point in that film everyone is at odds with each other literally everybody anybody with a speaking role in this movie it's it's just it's like you said everybody in this movie sucks there isn't a likable person in this movie which is another thing against it because if i'm gonna suffer for two fucking hours at least give me somebody to entertain me because you know i'm not getting entertained by adam goddamn sandler that's for sure um and yes i know it's the the whole point of the plot is it's a series of stupid decisions that leads to a very obvious ending. But it was still infuriating when on the third time he finally gets enough money to pay off his debt and he goes, now I'm going to throw it at uh, throw it at gambling again. And it's just, yep. come on, just uh, stop. I hate it. It was agonizing. This movie felt like torture. It genuinely, like, I would honestly recommend this as a, a thing of torture. Because that's, ugh. God, it's... I was so frazzled by the end of it because of just the nonstop talking, the terrible decisions. I thought the writing was bad. I thought the characters were, were bad. I thought the acting was bad. Um, what else? Just it's, it's weird because it's two hours long. Stuff happens, but it doesn't feel like anything actually happened. And it's such a weird state of being. But that's exactly how it felt. A lot happened, but nothing actually happened. Um, and that's, that's, um, uh, uh, starts with an E. Um, damn it, I knew this what, word. Uh, but uh, it could, what are you trying to, what uh, kind of essence are you trying to think? Exacerbate. There we are. Yes. Uh, it's exacerbated by the crosstalk because the conversations are going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. So meanwhile, any like actual action, any actual plot is kind of happening in the background with all these other things drowning it out. There is a plot. It has a start, it has a middle, it has a finish. But first of all, the plot ain't that interesting. Dude's in debt to $100,000 to his uh, brother-in-law. That's and he wants to spoil too much, but yeah. Yeah, yep. no. Uh, I mean... Anyway. I mean, that's just the basics. I mean, yeah, the basics. Like, yeah, no, is... no, I'm agreeing. Yeah. I'm just warning you. Yep. Yeah, no. I mean, so he's in debt to him, and the re- the movie's about him trying to get out of debt. Now, like, that's not necessarily on its own a bad plot, but nothing in this movie holds it up. The acting doesn't do it any justice. The actual events that occur don't do it any justice. So it just comes a very flat kind of plot. Um. Uh, I know I say, uh, I know we talk about, like, um, it's mentioned, you know, the movie's a, a, a guy who's constantly making bad decisions that comes back to hurt him. Uh, and honestly, I didn't like it. Uh, now, at the same time, I am a person who likes BoJack Horseman. And that might be, could, might come off a bit hypocritical, but in, in BoJack Horseman, the character makes efforts, whether he succeeds or fails, to try and better himself, to try and get out of the cycle and the rut that he's in. Whereas in this movie, 
Sandler's character makes no effort. He is happy in this pit well, that he's in. It's almost like... Point. Hmm? I said that's the point, though. This isn't a guy that's trying to save himself. This is a guy just riding the high of, like, all the bad shit he's doing. Right, but I'm I'm just trying to... Uh, just trying right. to... Yeah, trying to elaborate on the, the point that, no, this is not, like, your standard, like, yeah, it's a bad person, but it, they're trying to work on himself. There is no redemption in this. Yeah, no, it's... It, nobody has... And my, my point was more just trying to say, you know... There, I can enjoy a story about a person who constantly fucks up, but for me, I need that person to at least have a glimmer of potential of learning from those situations, which you get in BoJack, what you don't get in Uncut Gems. So that's 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 what I was trying to get across. But ultimately, it's um, it's just not a good movie. Um, there's like uh, no, I can't talk about that. That's part of spoilers. I I have so much to say, but I, I gotta wait for spoilers. So I think I'll cut my comments there so we can get to that portion. All right. Um, I will also say that this is one of those really weird cases where, um, whether or not I'd say that I enjoyed myself is, I will say that did I like feel good during the movie like i'm not going to say like this was physically painful but it absolutely was a movie that was very it's something it were this is definitely not a movie that you just put on the background this is something that one you got to pay attention to and two it is a movie that is it is i don't really know a better way to say it. it is assaulting like it is a movie that will like have an effect on you or pretend could potentially have an effect on you um, I do, however, feel, felt like I felt enriched by this movie. Like, I felt like I got something out of this movie. Uh, I did not feel like my time was wasted in any, any sense of the word. Um, I, and it's such a weird thing because I kind of wanted to think about a little bit, like, what were my thoughts after, like, especially after, it's been a few days since I originally watched this. Um, I just kind of wanted to, you know, just muddle or like just let my uh, feelings on this kind of just sit and just kind of see where they kind of went. And I do actually feel like it had to be the thing that I really kind of was more thinking of is like thinking, what was the like, what was this movie trying to get out of it? Like, what was the kind of trying to think of like, what is what were they trying to get at with this movie? Um, and I do feel like what this movie kind of set out to accomplish was it is a movie that is very much like, yeah, like he makes all kind of bad decisions, but it also kind of illustrates a problem in which not only is it that Howard is making the worst kind of decisions, it is also kind of a story about what happens when you are not in a supportive environment uh, because everyone else is garbage too. And at no point in this, this film does the word gambling addiction ever show up. No one ever thinks that he has like, like he has something that he has to deal with. Like they that's just think, oh, that's kind of like, they're just like, oh, that's just what he does. 
it's no one just sits down and like gives them a, like hey i think you might have a problem here's someone that can help i i'd also it's argue it's more than just that it's also every time he's about to like come to any sort of realization or try to get out of where he is he gets strong-armed back in by somebody else who won't listen either uh, i can't go into any examples really without spoiling too much but like even regarding the gem right off the bat nobody listens to him even though he said what he wanted to do with it yeah and also, I, I I could have sworn his ex-wife at one point just sort of side mentions that he has a gambling problem, but doesn't make any effort to do anything about it. I I think they might well, mention that he has a that he has a problem, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah, well, she doesn't care because she's trying to get divorced from him. Yeah, yeah. They even said they were waiting, but yeah, um, like that that had been the thing that was planned from the get go. And yeah. I just kind of find it fascinating as a study of like, it's kind of like the way that I kind of see this movie is it's kind of a, it's almost like a, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. It's a movie where it's not necessarily like this movie has so much of a message or if it has like, um, at least one that's not like, Hey, uh, like if you like, if you have like gambling problems, maybe seek help. Um, but it, it's kind of just a movie that's about like letting the dominoes fall. Um, and it, it's just kind of fascinating to just watch how just like a small, it's the thing where it's like, it's that, it's that meme picture with the, the gradually growing size of dominoes where it's just, um, it's just the small one. It's like, oh, this thing. And then it just kind of escalates forward and forward and just like how one other small bad decision just kind of causes this other one to kind of also like you know escalate at least uh that was my feeling on it i i in in general i enjoyed myself with this movie um, uh, I, I agree 100 percent. but yeah um i feel it's kind of the as basic as we can get without going into in-depth. So uh, if you are listening to this and you want to watch this movie, uh, we are now at the point in which we are going to talk about spoilers. So here's a warning for if you're listening to this, we're going to talk about spoilers now. Uh, spoilers! So, um, try, I, I guess how we'll do this, um, did anyone in particular have a thing they want to specifically talk about first i feel like that would probably be a I mean, good way to start it i have thoughts on the ending um i feel like we should save that yeah let's i'm trying to think is there any other like um i, I hmm. guess what i want to talk about is the fucking gem itself and how nobody lets him keep it yeah it's because he yeah. makes the mistake of showing one person and they strong arm their way into keeping it and then they fucking... Hmm? Okay. And they basically essentially ghost him on it, too. Even though he told them he needed it back for a certain date. Because they thought it was a good luck charm. And his, like, fucking Adam Sandler's one in was also ignoring the shit out of him, too. Because he wouldn't sell the fake watches that uh, he gave him. And it's just it's this constant of everyone being given the runaround, but Adam Sandler especially. And not just that, but, like, once he finally got it back, 
um even then like he was he doesn't get any rest because instead of it being valued at like a couple million uh as he expected as they originally said they rescind that uh that um appraisal thank you appraisal no it was never appraised that was the thing like yeah. Adam Taylor was even like oh shit i should have gotten an appraiser mm. he got it they didn't get it appraised and they sort of implied that Tilda Swinton's character lowballed him on the number because he took he too long up. getting it to her, but like there's no real confirmation of that. Yeah. So like even when he gets it back, there's he there's no there's nothing um close to what he values. And it sucks too because like once again he gets he gets um I think like two hundred thousand or something like that for it. No, and he, he has his dad specifically bid Oh right, yeah. The, yeah. To, to a, increase the price of it, but then right. his dad accidentally gets the last bid at two hundred thousand. Right. So, um, so even then, like he he just can't seem to get things. I'm just, I I'm having a hard time remembering. Um, There's a lot that happens in this movie. There is. It's but at the same time, it doesn't feel like anything actually happened, and it's so frustrating because this movie just sort of glides glides on through. Uh, no, not glides. It's a more apt. I it, it crashes. It crashes through. It, it's just it clattering. It it's a child banging yeah. a pot and shouting, "I am the greatest!" and running through the room. It, it is a glacier that just goes where it's going to go. It is going to go at a slow pace, and if you're not keeping up, it doesn't matter. So, like, um, so the the movie's called Uncut Gems, but the gem itself is barely featured in the movie. And then it, after a certain point, it's no longer a part of the movie. So, like, I know that's it's kind of a petty thing to quibble about, but, like, you should be naming your movie in such a way that, like, that fits the tone, structure, and content of your film. It, it does, though. It is the catalyst for his downward spiral on all ends. It, it I would say it is. Uh, the thing I would also agree on is you kind of have to thread together where the uncut gems like actual come from is that the first part then he gets it and then that's where kevin garnett's in and kevin his interaction with kevin garnett is why he gets partially into those gambling debts and then that is what pisses off those gambling debts is what pisses off uh arno and oh, the no, crew he's already a hundred thousand yeah. in debt the movie starts because of the gem being, yeah the movie oh, starts with him being in debt uh, uh, to his uh, brother-in-law, and then every 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 scheme he comes up with is an attempt to get out. And that was another fucking annoying thing too. Was every time he had at least a hundred thousand dollars, this was like three or four times through the movie, he takes it and immediately throws it into gambling. And it's like the worst one is at the hotel, where he's in he, one room and he has his girlfriend in the other room. He finally gets his oh, no, winnings. Oh, his business. Hmm? Oh, are you talking oh, about, no, go on, go. Um, talking about um, the very end? No, no, the mistress that he had. Not mistress. It, yeah, that's that's we, the end of the movie, isn't it? No, uh, that's, not, uh, that's not not quite. Which which winnings are we talking about then? I guess is um, because like that wasn't a hotel that she was staying at that he was renting. That was an apartment he was renting. Uh, I could have sworn it. Was. And also the handoff for the big gamble later on because he gets swept up in his own bullshit is specifically because they were also renting out the, the, uh, 
not room, but the, the, the area next directly next door to where his his uh his business the bathroom was. was. Yeah, it was where the bathroom was. And it's coming out the window. Okay. So if I remember correctly, uh it's at uh a place called KMH. KMH is the jeweler. It is that is the jewelry store. Okay, so uh, yeah, I I got completely lost then. I can see where you could see because the back office basically is an apartment. Also, to be fair, they don't show the front of the office until like way later in the movie. Yeah. So essentially, what happens is is um he actually it it wasn't a it wasn't a gamble. It was actually he finally sells it sells the uh thing to to a uh, garnet. Uh, he gets enough money to pay them off, and then um, his brother-in-law and his two goons arrive. At that point, Sandler leans out the window, throws the bag to his girlfriend, and then t- with instructions to go uh, place the bed. This takes, like, it's an extremely fast scene, and it fucking sucks, because it's just like the fourth or fifth time this dude has done this in this movie, and it's like, no, stop, you're hurting me. Yeah, it's the part where it is literally as close. They are like they have called Arno in the crew to resolve. He has the bag of money in his hands. He is 10 minutes away from freedom. And him, his conversation that he has with Kevin Garnett, in which Kevin Garnett is basically that conversation is him. Kevin Garnett just like, you know, dude, you are really just screwing me over. Like with this, you need to look into like, yeah, you gave those Ethiopian miners like a hundred thousand. You could have given them the winnings from this and given them the million, million. And that is also coincidentally where the the you know the meme line. This is where I win comes from. But that's regardless. Um, but yeah, it's him buying into his own bullshit, and then it's the point where you realize, oh shit, this movie isn't over yet. Yeah. And the movie drags. Uh, Go ahead. I was like, part of it too is he just gets high on his own bullshit, essentially. That he's going off about being the underdog and constantly being treated like shit. Then he just uses it to string into another bet specifically because he he is trying to play up this dumb fucking narrative he's built up about himself, but also about Garnett loosely. And he just uses that to go into this giant final gamble with the hundred sixty thousand dollars he got off of Garnett. Instead of paying it off, specifically because he's a dumb piece of shit who's lost in his own addiction, basically. It's a lot like, um, it's a lot like, um, and one of the reasons why I don't purposely, why I personally don't like gambling, uh, I don't like gambling because I, I don't enjoy anything that doesn't have, uh, that doesn't let you win by skill. Um, but, uh, I also don't like gambling because it can easily draw a person in. We're like, okay, well, I, I didn't win anything this time. Oh, I won a little. Okay, maybe if I keep playing, I'll win some more. And it kind of is this weird, like, it creates its own sunken cost fallacy. Because you're just yep. dumping money into it with the hopes that you're going to get that next win. And every time you get that win, you get that nice high, you know, like, oh, hell yeah, I won. So, like, it's it was frustrating to watch because I've known people like him. Uh, not to that degree, but it's just it's it's very infuriating watching a person basically al- almost purposefully sabotage their own life. Like I don't find that entertaining. 
it 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 can cut very real to those who have family members or like friends who have gone really bad in the gambling addiction. Uh, which is also why I feel like this movie, the fact that it doesn't bring up like recovery options at all, I feel is also another thing that is not something that it, it, it by no means uh, like brings it up, but it is something that's like, oh yeah, no one really, you know, was really supportive. And the fact that no one really was supportive is the reason why this all went down. So something to kind of remember is like, oh, if you see someone in that spiral, that maybe you should be the one to help. I mean, that also could be me reaching, but that's at least something that I thought of. And the other thing, too, about it is like, yeah, Sandler's character uh, doesn't make any effort to better himself. And it's also brought up that he's also in a very volatile and abusive environment. Nobody in his life wants him to better himself. Nobody even cares if he makes an effort to better themselves. In fact, if anything, they look for excuses to just not like him and not associate with him and or take advantage of him. Uh, fair, there, there is one person who actually treats him well and he treats her like crap. But otherwise, yeah. And even then, she doesn't discuss trying to get him help. Yeah. And I think that's largely because everybody has realized... He can't be helped. He can't be helped because he himself does not want to be helped. He wants to fail. He wants to fail because by him failing, it just it it, it justifies his own feelings about himself. I'd argue it's also he's literally alienated everyone in his life because of this, between the cheating and the gambling. Like even his even his brother-in-law, who does didn't hate him, doesn't hate him, is just angry at him. Because he has screwed him so completely. Yeah. And, and it's not like his, his brother-in-law is like a, a mafia dude or anything. He's, you know, he does have the two thugs that hang around him. But like, I mean, he gave he gave the dude $100,000 to buy his, a, a stone. And then every time he gets the $100, he just spends it on, on gambling again. Which is why he just, at the start of the movie, is just pissed and done with him. Yeah. Also could have done without the colonoscopy. Really, I, definitely, absolutely could have done without the colonoscopy. Oh, no, I thought it was pretty good. I, it, it was certainly a choice. It's a good metaphor for this film being up its own ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a piece of <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I thought it was a pretty all right movie. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's also a case of, like, like, like to, to go back to Kevin Garnett, like, from the get-go, also, he was not on the level. Like, he strong-armed his way into holding on to that gem that Adam Sandler just showed him because he was super excited, but didn't want to sell, and even told him, hey, I need to have this put up for auction, and repeatedly went over this, and he essentially got ghosted by Kevin Garnett, and also his buddy who wasn't in for Kevin Garnett. And it's it's just this nonstop string of him trying to get the gem back, and when he finally does, he gets screwed on it, and then screws himself. Yeah, because like his his whole his character is very weak willed. He is extremely easy to manipulate or strong arm into doing stuff, except when it comes to gambling, because it's such a strong vice for him. It's also great because this it's just this the whole way through, and like speaking of that, it's. His his uh, mistress who's super into him the whole time. He kind of just treats like crap. 
despite knowing the situation, like uh, at one point. Hmm? Also, another thing to point out about Julia is the fact that she was originally his employee. Yep. Still is. She still was. Still yeah. is, yep. She yeah, but originally trapped. was his employee. Well, that's like the whole part where he got super jealous about her uh, being in that room at the weekend. She was literally trying to close a deal with him that entire time, and she was deliberately not getting in with him and not sleeping with him and making it a point to tell him to back off. And so, Adam Sandler threw a shit fit over it. It's such a relentless film. Um, just the, the, the overlapping conversations happens the entire time. And I'm not exaggerating that either. It's from start to finish, it is just people talking over each other. And at a certain point, it started to feel like na- like fingernails going down the back of my brain because I just I couldn't keep up with the conversations and I also have, you know, auditory sensitivities. So it was just like, you know, I, I get I get anxious I get like fidgety when crosstalk happens on something like this, where we're we're all talking to each other and like, you know, two people start talking over each other and neither wants to budge, so they just keep going. How fucking um, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we have seen that happen now and then. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like one. Per, like, it's it, it's exactly that though. But it's two fucking hours of people just saying, you know what? I'm gonna talk. They're gonna talk. Let's talk together. It it is. That's kind of part of the thing that I kind of appreciate. Like. It is one of the things that I can, like, appreciate about this movie is that it does, like, there's almost a craft to how goddamn anxiety-inducing this movie is. Um, that it's, like, the thing, but the the thing that I will say, especially about the crosstalk, is that it's done in a way that I guess, theoretically, if you watch this movie multiple times, you could, like, the conversations can be picked up but when you're first viewing this, there is a lot of things that are just happening at once. And it is done in a way that you can kind of understand everything that's happening. But it's really hard, which is kind of part of the like thing of like how Howie is like constantly having like breakdowns is just due to it's like it, it, it's a good way you can see why he is sometimes like that. It also lends to the fact that nobody is listening to anyone through that entire film. No. Nobody. And so it just lends to that that mood of, nobody cares what the other is saying, they just want to say what they say. Yeah, and that that also plays into the problems that Adam Sandler's character has, um, which exacerbates his, his issues and causes them to continually spiral down. Um, but I will I will reiterate that I personally don't think Adam Sandler is a good actor. I don't th- I th- I hesitate to call this like the room level of bad but like nothing fit for me. Uh it it felt very disjointed and it, I just I don't I did not see Adam Sandler in the role. Like it just didn't it didn't work for me. Um I I honestly don't know who you could have pulled in to do this movie. Um, I think that it would have been a lot more interesting if it had turned itself into like a taut crime thriller, like an actual crime thriller with, you know, 
chase scenes and explosions and just like some interesting stuff happening other than this really neurotic uh extremely stupid person going around and fucking up his life and the lives of the people around him so one thing that apparently was something about the production of this movie um originally the cast or the casting for howard was supposed to be jonah hill <laughs> that yeah line yeah mm, no I, I, yeah, I, would. I kind of feel like Adam Sandler is pretty much a, yeah. like he is, I, it is my, I personally think that he is perfect for this role, actually. Yeah. At least in my opinion. I mean, he's, it, a, dude it, who's, yeah. he's a dude who's great at playing screaming assholes and this was a screaming asshole. So yeah, he was perfect for the job. I mean, if my two choices are Adam Sandler, Jonah Hill, I'll begrudgingly go to Sandler. I I think also the fact that the fact that you don't, I don't think that I feel like this movie is made better by the fact that it is Adam Sandler because the fact that I don't think you really like to really get through the real piece of shit that Howie is. I feel like you kind of need that kind of actor. Like if it was like a quality actor who played him, it made him any like at all sympathetic. Then I feel like the movie wouldn't be the the quality that it is. Yeah. But I think it would be better if you had sympathetic characters. If you, had, if you didn't just have one dimension of character, which is asshole. Like, just well, everybody's an asshole, and I can't stand two hours of an onslaught of asshole. Oh, so you're not the target audience for this movie. This is not a story for heroism. This is a story about awful people and failure. Nobody wins. I I do kind of feel Garnett. like Kevin that Garnett is... wins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, his career did not go as well. But so, Jim is no. cursed. To, to reiterate, I I do also agree that regardless of what we feel, I do like completely agree that this is a movie that um there is a contingent of people that will absolutely despise this movie, obviously, as we're seeing. Um and I fully agree with that. Like I do not like I I don't think that like they are wrong at all. Like obviously, like you everyone's like can has their own reaction to a movie and that's perfectly fine. I I fully agree with people that will absolutely despise this movie. That being said, I really enjoyed it. And so actually, yeah, I guess so I'd like to bring up I guess the villain. Talk about the villains of the film for a minute and kind of, which would kind of segue into the ending. I, I'd argue less because uh, mm, I guess technically there is one villain, but I mean, they're, well, there's their there's... Le- level of antagonist. Yeah. So, yeah, there's technically two. There's Arno and there's Phil. Arno is... Because, like, we talked about, like, there's no people in this movie that, like, will, like, stop uh, Sandler or, like, really, like, try to stop his bullshit. Like, there's one character, but the problem is that character is Phil. He's the one who has absolutely none of uh, Howard's bullshit. So, Phil is one of Arno's henchmen. He's the one who's hassling from for most of the film. He's the one who's like beating him up when it's when they're like shaking him down. 
Yep. And so, so when we get to the part where a fucking temper, I feel the need to mention that. Yeah, because like another thing to do a quick mention is that Arno, Arno's pissed at Howard, but he still cares about him and to a degree doesn't want him dead. Not Phil. So yeah, we get to like around the end where. Uh, Sandler hands off the money to his girlfriend and she flies off to a casino to make the bet. And uh, Howard, in its attempt to stop the Arno and Phil from going after her, locks them in his security cage at his uh, jewelry store. Which is great because that is just a... That is practically a miracle that that even happens. Yes, and so which that just basically pushes Phil past the edge and pulls out a gun. Which, you know, again, Howard's character is stupid, so shouldn't have let Phil back in afterwards. But yeah, yeah oh yeah, we didn't really mention what the final thing was. Um, so well, yeah, he bets big and- on uh, Kevin Garnett's like game that's happening that night, where Kevin Garnett is like fondling his magic rock. Yes, give me the skills, and uh, Howard wins the bet. And overjoyed and like goes to free Arno and Howard. And the moment he does, Bill just shoots him right in the face. Yep. That's that's the thing is like, even though at the very end, uh, Adam Sandler ends up on top. The entire point of that is it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Uh, if you fuck with the wrong people, you're screwed anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then and, Phil shoots Arno too for good measure. And it bears mentioning that the, the winning... The winning amount was about 1.2 million. Yeah. So that would have absolutely paid off his debt and given him like a lot of money to like to work with. So at, while I was watching this, I I had posted a couple things on Twitter and a bunch of things on the Discord. And one of the things I said was, I will only be happy if Adam Sandler's character gets shot. And when it happened, guess what? I wasn't fucking happy. I so, was not happy at all. Yeah, as as I mentioned before, like it is a movie where the second it starts, you know how it's going to end, which is Adam Sandler with bullets in his fucking brain. There's no two ways about it. That's how it ends. Yeah. And the, the reason why I wasn't happy about it was because nothing that led up to it was satisfying. So, like, it was a lot of tension, a lot of... Just stress, stress, stress. And because of all that, I couldn't even enjoy the ending of a movie. Even though it played out exactly as I was as I wanted it to, I couldn't take any pleasure in that because the rest of the movie had dragged me down the whole time and just was dunking my head underwater. It is also incredibly funny to me uh, that it is just an incredibly unceremonious death. It's just... Gun, bam, and then that's it. Like, no, like, panning shot. It is just, the only thing it pans to is just, I think, Ardo, who's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah the soundtrack doesn't even change. It just keep, the scene just keeps going. Yeah, this, this movie loves its really just synth-heavy soundtrack. Yeah. And then, and then his stepbrother tries to stop Phil from ransacking the store, and Phil, in a fit of rage, shoots Arno, too, killing both brothers. And the movie basically ends... The movie basically ends with uh, Julia walking out with the money, and then Arno, Arno and Howard dead, and then Phil and Nico ransack the store, and then the final shot 
is an extremely like artsy, super slow pan zoom into the bullet hole, and then there's like uh, peaks and valleys, and then and we're stars. back in the gem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the ending was even less satisfying than the rest of the so film. I kind of actually like the fact that the move, the ending is incredibly unsatisfying and you never get closure because I feel like that fits because this is about Howie and nobody else and nothing else it's about this man fucking up and dying it's interesting you say it though because like the ending sort of treats treats his character as if he didn't matter because like what we mentioned his death is extremely unceremonious it happens instantaneously yeah. he opens the door they walk out. He tries starts to talk to to Phil. Phil just pulls the gun, shoots him in the face. It's very quick, very instant. No camera change. Same thing with Arno. He gets just wham done. Um, and the ending just kind of acts as if uh Sandler's character didn't have any meaning, didn't have any purpose, was just worthless. Now, at least that's the take that I got from from the way it was shot. That is it. In my my case, it's more like. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong or how right you are. If you fuck with the wrong people, you're screwed regardless. Yeah. Don't go shit the norm man. Yep. Don't shit where you eat is the ultimate lesson of this film. But yeah, no, I, I, I actually, I think it's fine that you never get closure on what happens to Julia or anything that happens to the goons or anything like that. I honestly think it's for the best because there's no way they could have actually tied that up satisfyingly. Nah. I mean, it is what it is. People, some people like it, some people don't. You know, it's not really a matter yeah. of is it made for me or not. It's a matter of it's did taste. I like it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, I understand completely. Yeah. It, it's it's a matter of taste <laughs> for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, did anyone have any last thoughts? No. Or do we rip the bandaid off? Please don't fucking make us watch any more Adam Sandler movies. So the good thing is, uh, so I will say, pixels. I mean, I will avoid watching pixels as much as humanly possible. Don't you worry. Um, however, um, I will point out uh, that we are now in quarter three of 2000 or of 21, uh, which means I knew movies at the 150 tier. Um, that one is also hard to watch before a completely different reason, because that one's hardcore Henry. Yeah, it is. Oh, God, yeah. I, it's definitely not my fault that it's on there. Uh, oh God! At least I don't think that there are any more movies that I could even like think of in this vein, unless I want we like. Okay, we're for some reason just watching Sindler's list now. Okay, okay, but you have to agree, Alex. gamer. Hardcore Henry is a video game ass movie. It is. I haven't yes, seen it. it. I have, I've made no effort to see it because it didn't look interesting to me. But yeah, you know, I, I, I would I would definitely, you know, at some point yeah, we're going to, when we start branching out, um, let, let me see. Well, Carnival, see, the thing is if you're going to go see Shindler's List, bring somebody with you to make out with. <laughs> Thank you for getting my joke. Uh, All right. Um, so we're going to rank this using our normal 1 to 21 skill with the three extras, uh, with 1 being absolute mastercraft, can't get any better, to 21 being absolute garbage, not even 
with any irony, like, or I should say with very minimal ironic enjoyment to watch, because we do have chapter 21s that some people have gotten enjoyment out of. Um, so I have your numbers <laughs> from the original. Um, <laughs> does anyone want to deviate from theirs? No. I stand by mine. I'm not going back. Very fucking firm with mine. So there's an 18 point difference. (laughs) Don't say. (laughs) With X going at 20 to 21, DM at 3, and Torpo at 4. So that's not a reconcilable difference. No, no. I, it's fine. It's fine. Axe pistols at dawn. Let's do this. That's like okay, fine. You don't have to go at twenty twenty one, but I vehemently, angrily refuse to allow that hitting a three or pistols four. It is not good. It is not that good. Dawn. It is not that good. So I would I would meet you in the middle at like ten eleven, three or four. That's for good movies with good casting and good acting. Well, well, well so, where do you fall. So I wrote mine down at somewhere between four and six. Um, so there's a couple ways we can do this. Pistols are um, gone. There's, I also do have another thing written down, which is we can investigate the three special ones. Oh, no. No. Um, because there is something I... There is something I could say about maybe putting it in one of the weird ones, like 69 or 666, because it is a very taxing movie. And I feel like that's something that needs to be very noted, is that this is an incredibly abrasive movie. Um, I don't even know if it warrants any of the the special ones, though, because... I don't think it's bad is the issue here, so like it wouldn't yeah. fall into 666. It's yeah, well done the for thing. what it is. But the problem is, this is taste we're talking about. Yeah. That is the struggle. Which, I mean... Is anathema to this shit, but... I mean, the other thing is, that a second option is, let me pull out the calculator. Oh, no. No, that's, that's a bad idea. No. That's gonna really fuck up your numbers. I'm, I'm just curious. Okay. And I'm going to, you know what, just for funsies, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Okay. If you do raw average, it's eight. Or... I mean, I'll, I'll, I will meet you in the... I, like I said, I'll meet you in the middle. Uh, I, I'll meet you at eight. I'll totally fine with that. Alternatively, third option, which is probably not the best, is, is mass. Which is, we have three people at four. But that's not fun. Um, let me browse the list real quick. Because I, I would vehemently disagree with this being anything below, I would say, 10. Um, but if I look at the list... Hmm. Hmm. Because, yeah, let's just see what is at 8. What is the pre or average? Because we've got stuff like Area 88... The OVA, you got Digimon the movie, Secret of Mama, Roller Games, Sweet Home, and the first season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like this is an irreconcilable difference here. Yeah. I would think I would watch it over everything in the in number four. I 
disagree, but also this is the kind of movie that I will only ever watch once, and I'm okay with that. This is true. This is very much a watch once. I would be fine watching again is the thing, so... That is also a fourth option, which is I just make the pick. Make the executive decision. Bite the bullet. Bite the bullet, Lola! Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, we. I don't think any of us are actually going to change our minds or shift, and that is the issue here. Uh, that's not true. Oh. I openly said that I would meet in the middle at 8, eight to 10. I said it multiple times. I mean, technically, you said you'd meet at 11, which means you've already shifted. I also did say after that, when you uh, mentioned that 8 was the... Uh, Average. The average that I'd say I'd, I'd meet you at that as well. So twice I moved. You know, so I'm looking at my range, which was four to six. Now, if I personally were to go through, we have Jaws at four. You have Jaws, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Um, those are all pretty decent movies. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence actually is one that is standing out to me personally. Yeah, see, that's why I put it at four. Yeah, I honestly would rather watch if if I had to say which one I felt I liked more as a total movie, even like with watching it once, I would say Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence is a better movie. Now, if I go down and I didn't really I didn't enjoy that movie that much, but I, I agree. Now, if we go down to five. Adventure of the Moon Valley, GameStar CX, Starcade, and the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Um, that one's tougher for me. Starcade is there at five, which obviously that is something that I I really like. Though that's personal taste. Also, Moon Valley. In at six, we got Labyrinth, Mappy, Space Cobra, and Humphrey Red October. Hunt for Red October is standing out as something that in st- Hunt for Red October, Labyrinth, Mappy are three things that I would abs- I would say that Uncut Gems is a better thing to watch. So if I straight up am just going to say executive decision, I would say five. All right. My, my, I'm taking a step back. I, I am silently protesting, but it is your show. So you make the call. I don't think I. I think a little, unless we literally come to boxing gloves, I don't think that this is going to get resolved. No, that, that's that's kind of my point. <laughs> I think that unfortunately, that just means I have to just step in and I have to put it somewhere. And I think five is a pretty decent spot for it, because while I would, I could definitely see it being a bit higher. I could definitely also do want to point out. This is very much a movie. If this is not your kind of movie, you will absolutely despise it. Yeah. Um, and I don't have an asterisk system because I would unfortunately break Google. Um, unless I code it in, which I technically could. Um, all this shit's subjective, and it's all based on whether or not it's something you're going to enjoy. Yeah, it's also the fact that I... I don't think that this is a good metric, but just pure from just pure just looking at like raw numbers on this, I feel like a majority like and I don't want to say majority in like a say so that means it better, but I feel like it's a thing where if I am to present this list to someone as here or as like here's my ranking of movies if you're looking for something, take a look at this. 
I feel like I would want to err on the side of caution in the fact that it's like, okay, just from pure numbers, it seems like you're more likely going to enjoy this. So in that case, I feel like I should go, like, I feel like having it at a high number is warranted. And I think that is why I am going to put it at five. Because that's still pretty high there. Judge a little bit puzzled. Resigns, or not resigns, whatever the word is. I feel like you should almost put like an asterisk next to it, just saying, hey, Lolo oh. had to pull the trigger. Cord is in recess. I mean, I can do this. Uncut gems. Let's see, is there a gavel emote? Is there a judge emote? No. I looked. That's why there's, there's a, a kangaroo. But there is a there is there is a judge. There. The little judge icon. Which meant that I had to step my I had to step down and put it somewhere. Okay, let's see. Um and, putting on his big boy pants. Let's see. This is episode 81, I think. Yes, this is 81. Alright. Uh, that was 2019. Uh, by Safety Brothers. Um, this is a theatrical release. Uh, this is a the genre of this movie. It's drama. Uh, Boy, it is a, howdy is it. It is a sad movie. Um, content, I'm going to put a Y there for multiple reasons. One, this is very much a movie that... Uh, well, first off, there is a casually dropped R slur. Just pointing that right out. Mm -hmm. um, there is also... This is always the fun thing of... There is a lot of particular slurs that are used in this movie that could potentially make you uncomfortable. Particularly mm -hmm. if you like. <laughs> Just pointing that out there. <laughs> Damn, I'll never get that N-word pass. It is not a thing that exists. <laughs> um, Just... No, it isn't. Okay, so... God. I feel like I need more, like, a label that's just abrasive. Do I have this, something that really just... This really is an assault on the senses. This is, like... I need something. That's why I'm so surprised at how high it's going, because it's not a pleasant film. It's... I... That's the thing, though, is it's not supposed to be, and I it... guess I can understand the, the issue. Unsettling imagery is about as close as we're going to get. Yeah. I, and I, the it's thing true, I we do say... have to see up Adam Sandler's butthole, it's true. The thing I would say about it being abrasive and why that's something that you'd like it to go high is the fact that sometimes just watching this kind of movie can be kind of cathartic, I guess might be. Huh, maybe I don't suck quite so bad. Yeah. I mean, there are tons of people out there who I can just, you know, look up their profiles on Twitter and go, yeah, I don't suck that bad. It doesn't make me spend two hours hating myself. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that's my reason, personally. I just... No, yeah, yeah. It, this it... is just, like, a fucking film based entirely on morbid fascination. It is. It is very much a watching the train wreck movie. Uh -huh. Which some people, obviously, will like. Some people will not. And going by pure numbers, apparently a lot of people are or sadist. I'm a sadist. Mas How dare you? Masochist. How dare you ever imply that I'm a masochist? Masochist is on the self and sadist is on Yeah, I, I always get those backwards. How dare you ever imply that I'm just you sick fuck. <laughs> Can't you do play bottom. Genshin. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, anyway. You heard me. 
Is there anything that we want to call out in music, charm, cinematography? I, um, I'm not sure how to feel storytelling, about Storytelling, action, and art. The, the music was a weird one because, like, it felt almost a little out of place because of the heavy use of synth, which, I don't know, felt weird for the movie. It's very, like, if you've ever watched a movie that's scored by Tangerine Dream, it's very much <laughs> that kind of thing. Where it's like, God. okay, someone's going to get stabbed. All I can add is thumbs down for charm and thumbs down for I, I, I would agree with thumbs down for charm because that's the entire point. Yes, I would also. Yeah. You know what, actually, for charm... Uh, oh, actually, hmm. I was going to say, I was going to use the scream emote, but we did that for Pac-Man, and I don't want to have those two be the same kind of charm. No, no, they're different pieces. Uh, you know what? Where's the sweary emoji? Not, not, like the, not like the dude, like that one. The one that's the red <laughs> face with the sensor bar in front of it. Can't stop thinking about sweary, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that was the other thing, too. Like, I swear a lot. And, you know, Torpid, you swear a lot. And I sometimes swear a lot. Yeah, like, and we can handle each other's company. This movie cursed way too much. There was just too much cursing to be for fair, me. I, I'd argue part of it, too, is we swear casually where this was intense. Yeah. This was... Like, we, we know when to swear to punctuate our points. The movie is just flippantly going, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. That's like, a, it, fair, I swear like, a lot. Like, I, like, I casually swear like a motherfucker. It's yeah. like the joke that I think it's Lewis Black that was like, you know what? Uh, living in New York has basically made me turn the, the word into a comma. Yeah. There's another, there's another bit he did where he was like, the word fuck is like uh, water for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a complete, actually, this is the thing I've mentioned to other people before, but it's like an issue I have with video games is that every, like, every time they say fuck, it's like almost too much emphasis on it. Nobody knows how to say fuck casually with the voice acting stuff, and it always actually weirds me out because it never feels natural then. Yeah. And, and like, in this movie, it's very, it's a very robotic, oh, we've got a bunch of people angry at each other, they're just gonna say fuck back and forth. You don't get no Edward Carnby in Uncut Gems. Yeah. And yeah, to be fair, anytime I've had a shouting match with someone, there's actually not as much slurring as you'd think. Yeah, no. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, well, obviously, action, there's not. Uh, art. I, I wouldn't call art anything. Story. Go up to which columns, which columns blue? Uh, blue is action. Oh, which... That one, I would say, extremely, maybe extremely tense. I, yeah, actually, um, okay, what's that, okay, what's, uh, time to figure out what the emoji is called. Is it Grimace? It is Grimace, okay. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, a uh, Craving my McNuggies. That's, uh, impossible to follow. Extremely tense is the, it's a oh. on the face. Oh, oh, right, yeah, um... Oh god! Every time I hear the word mouth. I just I just think of one fucking thing, one goddamn oh, image. Yeah, the scream one. Okay, that yeah, that we can use that one for that. God, I still um, can't believe you put Fritz the cat as a fucking. Yeah, give me. Yeah, Fritz. seriously, oh. what the fuck? I I couldn't think of any other like really big movie. I just. I mean, we're gonna do. We already unlocked the thing for wizards, which we're gonna do sometime in November. Dread, Judge Dredd with Stallone. I, I hate that every time I hear Grimace. You just think of Big Nice. God damn it. Why the fuck? 
what? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> why do I put up with you all? <laughs> anyway. I've got the brain worms. Anyway, um, I can't really think of anything to put for yay. Nay, I can think of a bunch of things. Everything. Oh. Everything! Uh, namely, there is one that is perfect for this movie. Uh, namely, that everyone's an idiot. Yeah. And what, I do want to say, really actually, should. I did like the cinematography. You know, actually, yeah. I kind of did too. Do you, so a, that. do you have a won't you shut up for... Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, throw that in. So, what do we got for yays? What Simply can I go fun. To for? No, none of these. No, no, there no, are no yeah, names. No, there is no, no literally, charm. There is no, no just be cool. It is not made of abundant love. No, this is a no. movie that is meant to be a trial. Um, Powered by hate. Uh, trying to think. But, you know what? I know also, from games. I would kind of say that what the hell is going on is also a good point for this one. Mm-hmm. I I was able to follow it just fine. I mean, it only needs it only needs two, really. Um, Which are, won't you shut up and everyone is an idiot. Yeah, you know, that's, that works. It was pretty straightforward, honestly. It was pretty simple to follow. It's just... Oh, actually, dude. Everyone sucked. <laughs> I did have one for action. That is extremely tense. I did not... I forgot that I did that. Also, that's not what the... I put in there. It almost like I kind of forget that I put some of these things in here. To be fair, you also just, like, make ones up on the fly and then never actually add them in. This is also true. Anyway, I think... I think that's good for Uncut Gems. We did it. Woo. We're free. We've we, slain the beast. I, I'm pretty sure that is the most tense movie that we're ever gonna rank. I'm gonna take this ranking to my fucking grave. Yeah. Fucking do it, bitch. Tron 2.0. Except not actually that Tron 2.0. Yeah. Um... God. Anyway, oh god, the next one. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk no. about that when we get here. Let me get the media delta thing so I can actually just, just look at the sign up and you'll see it. Um, all right. So, before we move on to discussing what we're doing next, uh, X, is there anything you want to plug? The Autistic Self Advocacy Network. All right. Um, DM. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash deathmaster780. I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 p.m. EST. All right, Torpo. Uh, twitch.tv slash torpotypist, as usual, and at torpotypist on Twitter. And I would like to plug the hole uh, in Arno's skull. He didn't deserve this. Actually, he kind of did. He kind of did. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> did. Also, just realized I don't know he didn't what. He deserved that. as much as Adam Sandler did. Also, what what am I gonna do for the music for this one? And not of the soundtrack. Well, that did get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So next, next, next thing we're taking a look at is very much video game related. This one wasn't a charity thing. This one was a follower uh, actual thing. This I believe was. Yeah, I got 375 followers on Twi- uh, tw- uh, Twitch. So, we are taking a look at the movie version of the comic Sot Pilgrim vs. the World. I love this movie that taught a bunch of young men the wrong fucking lesson. Yeah. I can't wait to see Michael Sarah in his breakout role as soft spoken white dude. I don't see, was that actually before or after Arrested Development? 
It was after, I'm pretty sure. It was after. Yeah, no, he was he was young with the rest of development. Yeah. Alright. Was this after Juno? I thought this was before it. I was sure it was after Juno. I don't know. Everything that yeah. Michael Sarah's ever fucking done is blended together in my brain because he only plays one goddamn role and never breaks from it. Yeah, mm -hmm. 2010 for Scott Pilgrim, and it was, uh... 2007 for Juno? 2007 for Juno. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he, he's the same role in every movie he's ever played. Yep. Alright, well... Even uh, even in Twin Peaks, he was basically the same role. He was in Twin Peaks? He was in the last season of Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Alright, well, with that, I think we're good. So, thank you all for listening. If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lolotapuzzlo or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.